4-3 Arizona up on Milwaukee. Now we're in the top of the fifth. Got runners on second and third. And then we got a one nothing Philadelphia lead over the Marlins. We got, uh, got some towels spinning going on in Philly. Love to see it. Love Diamondbacks to see it. and then the under in the uh, Phillies game hold up, and it's been a nice little day in baseball. Hold up. Hold hey. up. Just want Wheeler to just, just keep on, just get a long outing from him. Long outing over 17 and a half outs will be just mighty nice. Yeah, that correlates with what I want, so yeah. I'll be cheering for you, bud. It'll be good. We're all on the same page here. I hope we all win. I hope we're all winners. Me too. You know? Just when you bet it all, you win it all. Right. No, no, it, it it actually, don't... that's not true. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down about uh, eight units since last Thursday. All happened on. Well, wait, what weekend. got you last night? Oh, the weekend. Weekend. Gotcha. weekend. Yeah, no, I actually was up. I was last, say, you had a good night. Last yeah, night. I was up la- last night. Oh God. So that's actually stopped the bleeding. But there was a bunch of parlays where, for example, I saw that the Vikings went down early. I saw that the Bengals went down early, and I forget what the third team was. And I jumped on them all money line, and of course the Bengals got obliterated in the other two one. So it was just some. It was like, oh, this is a numbers play. Money line, money line, money line. Good prices. These were like five and a half point favorites, four and a half point. Oh, Philly. It was Philly, my uh, Minnesota, and Cincinnati money line parlay plus five hundred, and and then Cincinnati get got obliterated. So there was a few of those. Yeah. And you bet you think it's a lock, and you bet like multiple units on it. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of chasing, kind of not, and you can get yourself into a hole kind of fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It happens. Wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we bring on J.P. Flame, co-host of the legendary Sports Junkies 106.7 The Fan in D.C., also co-host Inside the Betting Lines right here on BetQL. Uh, Man, I look, first off, I'm just ecstatic that we've got a team in the Commanders that looks like a respectable organization again and a team that at least you can look at and say, oh, look, they're favored on Thursday night. But I'm thinking last year, one of the ugliest Thursday night football games we have ever had watching the Bears and Commanders. And for some reason, <laughs> the NFL gave us the same thing again. So so, so, talk me off of this cliff. It's going to be better than last year at least, right? Good God. You have to believe so. Look, twice this season they've already scored over 30 points. Nick, you know this team hasn't been scoring 30 points the last couple seasons. No. No. Yeah, not, and you know I what? Mean, a lot so of people love Sam thoughts? Howell. What's your take on Howell so far? I mean, listen, he, he's a quarterback that's mobile. He seems to have a – like, he's got a really short uh, – like, I don't want to say attention span, short memory, right? Like, it's Rex Grossman syndrome, but better. Where, like, you know, Grossman would, like, throw an interception and just be like, nah, that never happened. I'm fine. I'm going to go do the same thing again. He's very confident. He's very poised. He forgets when he makes mistakes, but there's some ups and downs with him. So the mobility is good. He looked a lot better last week, and there's a level of confidence there, which I think should make anybody, except for, of course, Ryan over here, who's back in the Bears in this game, uh, it should make a lot of people confident in where Washington can at least look in this game minus five and a half, just simply because of the fact that, like, You've got a quarterback that in those bright lights, at least you go. You hope going into this game that he's going to look confident. I think for Commanders fans, there's a lot of scar tissue. So when you're talking about the pain from last year, you're reminding yourself that last year it wasn't very good. But, and for many, many years, but new era, new owner, new quarterback, I think you have to have some faith. With Eric Bieniemy in this offense, they've been over 30 twice. Defense hasn't played as great, but let's just look at the opponent. Besides the Broncos, the Bears are giving up more points than anybody. And But for last week, they haven't done anything offensively. So I think that's why the number is as high as it is. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what are your thoughts on uh, 
I, I feel like Riverboat, we can't call him Riverboat anymore with Ron no. because you We've, get a situation like that. We haven't called him Riverboat like for a long time on our show. Like, He's called like Pontoon Ron on our show. I don't know. <laughs> like Monday, Tuesday for you guys. I mean, in that situation, you're going against the team that was just in the Super Bowl in the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, you're big dogs. You're eight and a half point underdogs. I feel like you have to go t- for two there. You have to go for the win. But just saw your early thoughts on his coaching job this season. Because it's funny because, like, last week I was listening to other shows and people were talking about him as a coach of the year candidate if this team could sneak what? into the playoffs. And then, you know, last year, yeah, that's that's what I said. Um, I don't have high uh, expectations for this team only because of the offensive line. Like I like Sam Howell, I like the defense. I'm just not sold that Ron's that guy anymore. And uh, I mean, it's hard for a young quarterback to play behind a line like that. But what are your thoughts on the coaching job here early? Well, let's look big picture. Ron Rivera, for some reason, is a really well respected coach in the league. But then if you look at how many times he's been in the playoffs, it's three times. The guy doesn't have many yeah. winning seasons, um, and. It's been more of the same here in Washington. You know, they sneak into the playoffs his first season. They were a seven-win team. Then the last two years, they've been terrible. This year, it kind of feels like they're going to be a 500-ish team. They're going to be probably on the bubble. Eight wins, nine wins, seven wins. We'll see how it plays out. So, I don't know. I've seen this guy up close now for four years. Not a lot of faith coming from me and Ron Rivera. To me, it's a joke if anybody was talking about him as coach of the year. <laughs> what are you most concerned about uh, playing the Chicago Bears? Because we talked about their against the spread record in their last 10 is bad. 1-8-1 and one, uh, just total. I think as uh, as road dogs, it's right around the same. I think 2-8. and eight. But desperation has got to be setting in. Guys trying to play for their jobs. Justin Fields maybe playing for his as a starting quarterback for the Bears. Maybe they end up moving on and, and taking the first overall pick. But as a commander backer, why would you be afraid of this Bears team? There's not much to be afraid of other than this season, we haven't seen Justin Fields explode with his legs, right? We got to see a four-touchdown pass game this week. But last year, the guy was one of the top five rushers in the game at the quarterback position. He ran for almost 1,200 yards. So I would be afraid that you might have one Justin Fields running like crazy game where he goes for 150, yeah. 160 yards rushing, maybe a couple touchdown runs, because that's the wild card, I think. I mean, if you look at that offense, they're not doing much. They're giving up a ton of points, almost as bad as the Denver Broncos. So on paper, there really isn't that much to scare you other than that one possibility that Justin Fields goes crazy. So I'm looking at Brian Robinson's numbers right now. And, I mean, his carries went from 19 and 18 against Arizona and Denver, 10 against Buffalo, but they were down big. They're not running the ball a lot, so you kind of understand that. And 14 against Philadelphia. Uh, Are are we going to maybe see more carries, more opportunities for him if they're up in this game? Or do you think that we might see more Antonio Gibson and maybe more of a platoon in the backfield for Washington because I'm looking at Brian Robinson's props they're not out yet but like I'm that's the one thing that's on my mind is like is Brian Robinson somebody that is maybe not uh not somebody that you could consistently take the over on at least like rushing yards or carries week by week anymore 63 and a it half. is up okay 63 and a half then so he had 45 last week JP and then he had 70 the week before so at 63 and a half do you think that's worth an over for Brian Robinson against the Bears I would lean towards the over what you saw last week after the Bills game a lot of the criticism was obviously towards Sam Howell on the offensive line, four interceptions, nine sacks, but also a lot towards Eric Bieniemy. And people started looking at the offense, particularly in the first half. They were three to one, four to one, five to one pass to run. 
And one of the ways that you can protect a young quarterback, any quarterback, is run the football a little bit more. And then if you looked at the Eagles game in the first half, it was almost one-to-one. So they're going to try to run the football a little bit more. They had success against the Eagles, who have been a brick wall in their previous games. So it wasn't necessarily gaudy numbers for Robinson, but I think they're going to feed him more. And you know this, Nick, because you're a Commanders fan. Antonio Gibson has a fumbling problem. They don't really trust him. Oh, God, he he does. a couple of carries here and there, <laughs> but they're not going to platoon him. JP, as good as the defense is, you know, the defensive line, and Chase Young's look pretty good coming back, what's the issue you think with the secondary? I mean, they got young guys like Emmanuel Forbes, but they're giving up way too many explosive pass plays. I think five touchdowns over 20-plus yards already this season. Is it just young guys, or do you, like, see something that maybe they could fix up there in the secondary? Well, I, think that's I would like to fix right your premise. You said as good as the defense is. It's as good as the defense <laughs> is supposed to be. It hasn't lived up to the hype, right? They've got all these great first-round yeah. draft picks, and Chase Young has actually done a little something this year. But when you look mm-hmm. at it overall, they haven't been a top-five dominant defense. Um, the last few seasons, they've started off slow, and they have improved. But like you said, they're susceptible to the big play. And what I'd also say is a lot of these top defenses, they have a premier pass rusher like a Nick Bosa, a T.J. Watt, and they don't have anybody – They have a bunch of pretty good pass rushers, but they don't have some dominant force that really changes the game. Yeah, I saw their pass rush win rate right now. Even though it looked like they've been getting some pressure, uh, they're 28th ranked right now, so you're right. Uh, Our eyes are sort of deceiving us versus the analytics. I'm curious what your thoughts are. I mean, you saw Scary Terry really involved, especially as they're staging that comeback to go to overtime. Was he on the line? Was he not on the line? His number, 59 and a half yards, and his receptions sitting there at four and a half. Juice minus 135 to the over. Uh, is there anything that you like there? I like the over. Look, last week, you know, again, I think it was a little bit of a response from Eric Bieniemy, and the sport really shouldn't be that, sim- that, that difficult, right? Get the ball to your best players. And the first few games, Terry McLaurin was getting about four catches per game. And they decided, hey, we got to get this guy the ball early and more often. So I think that's a trend that you're going to see the rest of the season. Like, there's no reason, if you're the Washington Commanders, that you don't get the ball to your best players. And the best players on that offense are Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. They have some good skill position players. So, yeah, right now, I would take that over. Talking to J.P. Flame, Bet MGM tonight. Uh, l- let's look at the rest of the NFC East here. I mean, we saw what the Giants did last night, which was just abysmal, which should make you know, the rest of the division feel more confident that they're just going to be kind of out of the picture the rest of the way. Uh, do you see it the same as I do, where it's Eagles, Cowboys, and then Washington at this point in the division? I think you have to look at it that way. You know, especially after what happened to Dallas last week. I'll tell you what, though. I don't have the schedule in front of you, but if you look at Dallas's next month, they're really going to be tested. Uh, obviously, they got the 49ers this week. They have some really tough games coming up mm-hmm. in the next month. They could maybe leapfrog Philadelphia if they make a statement here and win, say, three out of the next four. Because Philadelphia, although they're 4-0, I don't think they've been overly impressive. It looks like something's missing there. Maybe it's the two coordinators that moved on to become head coaches. So Dallas could show me something over the next month, and it would have to start with the game against the Niners. So it's at 49ers, like you mentioned, then at the Chargers, then home with the Rams, then at Philadelphia. That's their next four games. Yeah, that's a brutal four-game stretch. Yeah. 
Anyone else in the NFC that's impressed you besides just the Philly, the Dallases, and the Niners of the world? You know what? Maybe it's recency effect. Seattle's got some weapons on that team, right? And I wasn't necessarily sold on Geno Smith. You know, last year, was that an outlier? Well, it doesn't appear to be an outlier. It looks like Geno Smith is a pretty damn good quarterback. And, um, man, that spoon kid's pretty damn good, that corner. So they impressed me <laughs> yeah. last night. And if you look at kind of the, the, the teams that aren't, you know, San Francisco, Philadelphia, you go to the next tier where it's Detroit and Seattle. I believe Seattle beat Detroit, right? So That's I'll right. lean towards yeah. Seattle on the AFC. to find another team in the NFC. You brought up recency bias. You know, we were talking last week after the Dolphins hung 70 on the Broncos and beat up on the Chargers the week before. I mean, barely won the game, but scored a bunch of points. Uh, who do you like in the AFC? Because the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes. But, man, Buffalo looked really good last week. And uh, they're five-and-a-half-point yeah, favorites mean, over the Jags this week. I think it's hard not to say Buffalo. Look, I saw them just completely uh, destroy the Washington Commanders. And then if you just look at point differential, you look at some of those basic metrics – Buffalo's atop the league. And it's interesting. After week one, I think one of the biggest national stories was, what's wrong with Josh Allen? Can the Buffalo Bills win with Josh Allen? They're never going to – their window's closed because of Josh Allen. And then all he's done is ball out. And you realize, you know what? After Patrick Mahomes, yeah. he's probably the best player in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're at the point now, too, where we were talking about this earlier, right? We were starting to get kind of like a bigger sample size. We got like a minute here or so. What, what team has surprised you the most in the NFL? Whether it's good or bad doesn't really matter because, you know, quarter way through the season, you kind of get a little – you get a decent amount of an example of what these teams actually are. I think it's the Bengals. How disappointing have the Bengals been? Like when we start yeah. off the year, right, and we talk about the top teams in the AFC, you put the Bengals up there and, okay – he had the banged up calf in the preseason, but the preseason, it doesn't really matter. So you expect Joe Burrow every week. I've expected Joe Burrow to, to get hot and it hasn't happened. And so they're running out of time when you're one and three, they're almost, they got their backs up against the wall. You know, they're two games back in the division. Okay. That's not insurmountable, but the fact that they haven't scored any, any points like in the first half, it's, it's abysmal. It doesn't make sense. Well, you know what happens, too. Once receivers start to complain and say that they're always open, things don't get any better from there unless they start getting the ball again. A.J. Brown got that the last two weeks from Jalen Hurts after he yelled at him, so that's definitely going to be something Joe Burrow's going to have to figure out. J.P. Flame, Sports Junkies, 106.7 The Fan in D.C., also inside the betting lines right here on BetQL. Good to talk to you, man. Thanks, boys. And girls. Man, I mean, it's... The Brian Robinson thing. I, I hope they give him a lot of carries this week. That's just just eat that clock as much as they possibly can. Yep. So nice uh, three to nothing victory. <laughs> no, Hopefully. no, no. We need it. We need a game that's got a little more than that going on. All right, we get back to our power rankings next. It's BetMGM tonight. <laughs> 